Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we'll be going in depth into my week number 15 top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 15 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin in the S tier at the wide receiver position at number one with C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Now, it is expected to rain a little bit in this game, but the wind is only projected at eight miles per hour. So when it's light wind, and light rain, it doesn't really affect the game too much. C.D. Lamb has been one of the most consistent wide receivers ever since coming out the bye week. Dak Prescott has been on fire. This is a matchup that should be a high-scoring game, tit for tat. Rock'em, sock'em, robots affair if the Buffalo Bills are able to keep up. So wide receiver number two on the season right now in PPR, C.D. Lamb is an obvious must-start and feels like if I'm being honest with you, regardless of the matchup, will probably be a top five wide receiver in my rankings going forward. At number two, we have a division rival of C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle on Monday Night Football. Now, coming out the bye week, weeks 11 and 12, things weren't the best for A.J. Brown, but over the last two games, he has been a top 15 wide receiver in both matchups. Last week, up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's World, the Philadelphia Eagles got absolutely rinsed in that game. They got skull fucked, but at the end of the day, I think the Philadelphia Eagles offense is going to look a lot better up against the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks defense is a little bit fraudulent. And when I say fraudulent, I don't mean they're like one of the worst defense in the NFL, but I think that they're a lot, very much overrated in my opinion. So I think AJ Brown should have a great game yet again, currently the wide receiver number four on the season in PPR. At number three, we have Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions going up against the Denver Broncos at home in Detroit on Saturday night. So Monroe St. Brown this season has been one of the safest wide receivers in all of fantasy football. But last week, Monroe St. Brown bent fantasy football owners over a table, finishing as the wide receiver 62. Now going up against the Denver Broncos, this is far from a cupcake matchup, but I believe that Jared Goff is at fault for last week, right? I think that Jared Goff plays a lot better this game, and I think Amon Ross St. Brown bounces back as a top six receiver. At number four, we got Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Indianapolis. Now, this is another guy that is, is facing up against a potentially tough matchup, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is very solid, but we just saw the Pittsburgh Steelers get spit-roasted by Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots, so I'm not really all that worried about Pittman. Pittman has been a top 12 wide receiver in three straight weeks with over 11 targets in each game. I think he could easily get 11-plus targets over 100 yards in this game, and if he scores a touchdown, he could mess around and be the wide receiver number one on the week. At number five, we got Tyreek Hill. Now, I'll tell you right now where we're sitting right now on Friday. I am unsure on if Tyreek Hill is going to play or not. He's currently listed as questionable. He did not practice at all this week. So that is not great. But if he does play, you're not sitting him, right? Even if he's on a fucking peg leg out there, even if he's in a wheelchair, I believe that he's going to go like you ever watched like wheelchair where they do 
like the uh, BMX, not, not BMX, or like, uh, you know what I mean, right? Where it's like X Games mode, right? And they're in the fucking wheelchairs going fast as fuck up the ramps. That's what Tyreek Hill would do if he was in a wheelchair, right? Tyreek Hill going up against the Jets. Again, I get the matchup is going to be tough, but you would be ludicrous, Luda, if you were going to sit him, at, assuming that he plays, obviously, at number six. We got Justin Jefferson. This is another guy that if he plays, you are going to play him. Now, the report as of right now seems to be that he's going to play up against the Bengals in Cincinnati on Saturday morning. I know that if you played Justin Jefferson last week, you were disappointed as he exited the game and had to go to the hospital, but you probably don't feel dumb for starting him, right? It made perfect sense. When Justin Jefferson is healthy, you are going to play him. Now, the expert consensus rankings have him as the wide receiver 15. Sure, I get maybe being a little pessimistic, a little nervous with nine-inch Nick Mullins under center, but at the end of the day, he's Justin Jefferson. You gotta rank him this high. Moving now to the A tier, we got wide receiver 7 through 12. At number 7, we have Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in Buffalo. Now, last week, despite having 11 targets, he only had four receptions for 24 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs in an atrocious fantasy football day as the wide receiver 52. If you've noticed this season, in a lot of games where the Bills are not playing too hot, or not even necessarily because the Bills beat the Chiefs, but in a big game for the Bills, Stefan Diggs, you can't find him. He's like John Cena. You can't see him, right? Now, going up against Dallas, this is a big game, so that does potentially worry me, but I'm not going to galaxy brain myself out of one of the best receivers in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in a matchup that could be very high scoring. Now, again, I get it. The Dallas Cowboys defense is elite but I'm not ranking Stefan Diggs outside the A tier. At number eight, we got Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Wide receiver one, two, and nine over the last three weeks. Back-to-back games as a top two wide receiver. He has scored a grand total of six touchdowns over the last three games. The Arizona Cardinals defense is one of the softest in the NFL, and I fully expect Debo Samuel to go nuclear yet again. At number eight, we got Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Another one of those elite wide receivers that you've kind of been hinging on all season, that have performed all season long, that were absolutely atrocious last week. One reception on six targets for eight yards. Wide receiver 102. He didn't even finish as a top 100 wide receiver, and that is hard to do. Now, I understand that people are going to get nervous, be like, oh my gosh, Mike Evans screwed me last week. Well, guess what? You have to have in fantasy football a short memory in a way, right? You can't just hold on to everything from last week and sit a guy like Mike Evans, sit a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, because these are some of the most elite wide receivers in the National Football League. I fully expect Mike Evans to hop back on the saddle, shout out John Marston, and have a huge performance up against the Green Bay Packers. At number 10, we got Wiki Wiki, DJ Moore going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now, he is currently listed as questionable with an ankle injury. He did practice in limited status on Thursday. Friday's practice report is not out yet. Assuming that he does play, I would be playing DJ Moore. Now, on paper, going up against the Cleveland Browns is really tough, right? No one should be claiming that this is an easy matchup, but ever since Justin Fields has gotten back, DJ Moore has been force 
fed the ball. He sees so many targets week in, week out. Last week against the Lions, he had six receptions on 10 targets for 68 yards, three rushes for 20 yards, and two total touchdowns. Again, I get being a little bit nervous about DJ Moore, but when Justin Fields is out there with DJ Moore, he is a must-start. Everyone inside the S, the A tier, they are all must Starts. And then once you get to the B tier for a majority of teams, those guys are also must starts as well. At number 11, we got DK Metcalf going up against the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Seattle. Now we talked about how the Seattle defense is a little fraudulent. Well, everyone entering into this season was given the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to the Eagles defense and the Eagles defense reeks to high heaven. I think DK Metcalf could score two plus touchdowns in this matchup on Monday Night Football and it would not surprise me one bit over the last two games. He has four total touchdowns. He was the wide receiver one in week 13, wide receiver 24 last week. Obviously, DK Metcalf isn't the safest bet week in and week out. It's not like he's just locked and loaded. As a top 10 guy weekly, there are going to be games where he finishes outside the top 30. But assuming that Geno Smith ends up playing, this is another game that you can really see a whole lot of offense, a real high scoring back and forth affair. And I think you would be silly to sit DJ or DK Metcalf. At number 12, we got Puka Nakua going up against the Washington Commanders at home in LA. Back-to-back games as a top 20 wide receiver. And Matthew Stafford, legitimately, I've said this all week, so people be like, Nick, you say this too much. He's turned back the clock, right? Stafford at the beginning of the season looked fucking horrific. It was like, where did the Matt Stafford go that we were used to? Where did the Matt Stafford that we love? What is wrong with this guy? Why is he playing like shit? And over the last three weeks, he has been downright surgical. He has been carving the defense up and up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I fully expect Matthew Stafford to be on fire yet again. And I think that if you're comparing Puka to Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, I understand that on paper, maybe you still think Cooper Cup's better than Puka Nakua. At this point in the season, Puka has been a lot more consistent. Moving now to the B tier. And again, going from being a... A-tier receiver to a B-tier wide receiver. Sure, there's a drop-off, but I'm not shitting on Cooper Cup here. Expert consensus rankings have him as the wide receiver five. Again, I get this is a great matchup. This is a very easy matchup for Cooper Cup. But let's not forget. Let's not forget that I understand that weeks five, week six, he returns from injury, wide receiver 12 and four. But after that, wide receiver 53, 74, 49, 87, 79, and then the last two games, wide receiver 18 and wide receiver four. It's basically a shit sandwich, right? The buns are the great games, right? And then right in the middle where the, the meat should be is just a shit sandwich like in click when Adam Sandler pauses the, the thing, you know, because he can pause and then he rips ass in the guy's face. He's like, did you give me a shit sandwich? Anyone who's seen that movie knows what I'm talking about. That's an excellent film. Going up against the Commanders, I get the matchups great, but there's just something in the back of my head that makes me worry about Cooper Cup. That is why he is not ranked a little bit higher. At number 14, we got Chris Olave. Now, Olave is a guy that is in danger of missing, did not participate in Thursday on practice with an ankle. He was also battling the flu last week, so we'll see how he practices today. I'm definitely unsure on if he's going to play or not. I would definitely lean probably closer to him not playing right now, but I don't want to say that's a definite, right? Because only Siths deal in absolutes up against the Giants. If he plays, you're going to start him. At number 15, we got Brandon Ayuk. Now, while Debo Samuel 
has been hitting defenses with the 1-2 Floyd Mayweather combo. Brandon Ayuk has kind of been cast to the side. Now, Brandon Ayuk hasn't been cast to the side in a way where he's irrelevant, but he's not ripping off as big of numbers. Back-to-back weeks as a top 20 receiver, going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think he's a safe bet to be a top 18 guy. Again, not a guy that I'm aggressively banging the drum for, but again, on a majority of teams... All of these guys in the SAB tier, they would be in your lineup unless, of course, you got like Michael Pittman, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Evans all on the same team, which I guess would be possible. At number 16, we got Jamar Chase going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings at home in Cincinnati. Now, Jake Browning was on fire last week and Jamar Chase kind of shit the bed. Three receptions on four targets for 29 yards. The week prior, he was on top of the world. 11 receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Going up against a Vikings defense that is very, very good. I want to just set my expectations, not sky high. That's a great film as well. But what I want to do is put him in a very safe spot for me. Wide receiver 16, right? I am assuming that he still has that upside, which he obviously does. But we're also factoring in the fact that maybe Jake Browning doesn't look as good. Maybe the Vikings defense is all over Jamar Chase like white on rice, and Jamar Chase is on the struggle bus this week. So putting him at wide receiver 16 isn't me getting down on my knees, giving him the gawk gawk 9,000 special, right? Rubbing him off fucking Robert Kraft style, but what I'm doing is putting him in a very fair spot. I understand that there are high highs, there are low lows. I'm putting him right in the fucking middle as the wide receiver 16. Now we move to the C tier, wide receiver 17 through 22. At number 17, we got Devontae Smith going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. It feels like every single week, even when Devontae Smith was on that stretch of games where he was basically bending your team over a table without the use of lube, Devontae Smith was a guy ranked anywhere from wide receiver 16 through 24, and that feels like a very safe ranking for him. I get going into the season, we had a lot higher of hopes for Devontae Smith, and there have been a lot of games this season where he lived up to him, and there's also a lot of games this season where he was straight up terrible. So going up against Seattle in a spot where I know last week up against Dallas, he was the wide receiver 33, but again, the Philadelphia Eagles came out flat in that game. They had no answer for Dakota Prescott, and the Dallas Cowboys just absolutely rinsed him. It wasn't even a close game up against Seattle. I expect this to be a lot closer of a game. I expect Devontae Smith to be able to finish somewhere from the wide receiver 17 to 22, 16 to 24, and that's why he's sitting here as the wide receiver number 17. He's currently the wide receiver 16 on the season. Again, if you follow the whole season, a lot of up and downs, but typically it's a lot of ups and a lot of downs in a row. And a lot of ups in a row. And more recently, he's been on the higher pedestal. At number 18, we got Cortland Sutton going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Now, Cortland Sutton has been a touchdown machine this season. 13 games played, 10 touchdowns. And now he goes up against a Lions defense that couldn't stop Drewski out there, right? Drewski could go run a route and juke someone out of their fucking shoes, out of their socks. They'd be barefoot out there and Rex Ryan would just be loving it watching from home. Everyone knows Rex Ryan has a foot fetish, of course. Going up against the Lions, this is a great spot for Sutton. Now, Sutton's targets have been a very confusing part of this season because while Cortland Sutton is the clear number one there, Jerry Judy can't even hold his jock strap. Cortland Sutton's seeing games with 12, 11 targets up there, right? And then there's games where he has, like last week, four targets, games with three targets. So while it is 
hard to follow. Even a lot of these games where he's getting three or four targets, he is still finding the end zone to kind of bail you out. Wide receiver number 18 feels fair. Wide receiver 16 and 19 over the last two weeks. He does have top 12 upside, but that's in a game where he gets force fed. And again, that is not a guarantee every single week. At number 19, we got Rashi Rice going up against the New England Patriots in New England. Now, he has been a top 22 receiver in three straight weeks, and two out of those three games, he was a top 12 wide receiver. Now, Rashi Rice was a guy that just a couple of weeks ago, we'd be talking about as a safe bet to finish as a top 32 receiver, right? He was not a guy that anyone was going crazy for, like, you need to start Rashi Rice, but hey, if your wide receiver three spots a little barren, you want some safe points, Rashi Rice because while he was unlikely at that point in the season, kind of prior to the bye week, to really put your team on his back and hoist you to a victory, he would also not be the reason why your battleship has sunk, right? He's not stabbing holes into the side of your wooden boat and you just see the water just going out of there, right? He was just okay every week, right? And there is spots for guys that are okay in your fantasy football line, right? Guys that aren't going to completely fuck you over any given week. But now he looks like a guy that could be a top 12 receiver any given week. Now I do have a bit of worry in me pause about Rashi Rice because I think the Patriots are now trying. I think they, for a lot of this season, were kind of just dilly-dallying around. You know, Belichick wants that new quarterback. So their defense wasn't playing as hard, but now it feels like Bill Belichick knows he's gone. They ju- The Chargers just fired Brandon Staley after, we didn't even talk about it, after the Raiders absolutely clowned on the Chargers. Dancing on their grave. It was hilarious. But if Bill Belichick's going there. He's just, he doesn't give a shit about Caleb Williams, Drake May. He's just going to win as many games as possible. Now, obviously on paper, the Chiefs, team is levels above. They're outside of the screen. The Patriots team is sitting on my lap like I'm Santa Claus, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots defense played really good here to hold Rashi Rice back. But again, he's probably still going to finish as a top 24 guy. So wide receiver 19 feels fair next week against the Raiders. I know the Raiders defense looks so great. I'm going to rank Rashi Rice a lot higher, even if he shits the bed here. At number 20, we got DeAndre Hopkins in a revenge game up against the Houston Texans at home in Tennessee. The Oilers matchup here? Who who should be the rightful owner of the Oilers name? Right? That's like a big debate on Twitter. I see all the time. Wide receiver five last week against the Dolphins. This guy gave me one of those things where you shove, you ever seen like an old school movie where they shove a, a guy's head in the toilets and then they keep uh, running the thing like a swirly or when they hook some nerd's underwear to the fucking flagpole and lift them up there and he's just hanging and then he just falls down because his underwear rips, right? That's what DeAndre Hopkins did to me last week as a Dolphins fan. Just a pure... Destruction of the Dolphins defense. There's really no no other way to word it. 12 targets, 7 receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. The week prior, 5 receptions on 12 targets for 75 yards and a touchdown. Up against the Texans defense, I expect that Mike Vrabel is going to get him a lot of targets. Will Levis looked a lot better last week. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and claim that Will Levis is the GOAT or something, but Will Levis did go out and look good. Up against the Texans defense, again, pretty 
above average defense. I don't think this will be the best game that D-Hop's had recently, but he should be a top 24 guy. At number 21, can you do something for me? We got Garrett Wilson going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Xavier Howard might be out in this game. I think Ramsey is going to cover Garrett Wilson. Now that does scare me. But last time against the Dolphins, he did score a garbage time touchdown to finish as a top 24 guy, even in tough matchups, which the Dolphins might not be, right? The Dolphins defense might have had their run looking real good, and now they've fallen off because there's a million injuries, all that. Maybe that's what happens, and maybe Garrett Wilson goes crazy. So again, Garrett Wilson's the type of guy that's so fucking good that I can't rank him much lower than this, but I also can't rank him much higher because his quarterback is Zach Wilson. Nick, Zach Wilson's better than Tim Boyle, I know. I know, but... Zach Wilson, you know, that's just all I got to say. At number 22, we got Jaden Riley Reed of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Bucks. Limited in practice on Thursday with an ankle. I do expect him to play. Last week against the Giants defense, he was wheeling and dealing. Eight receptions on 10 targets for 27 yards, four rushes for 38 yards, and a tug. Wide receiver six up against Dami, Tommy DeVito, the Italian Stallion, and the Giants. Going up against the Bucs is a solid matchup on paper. I do think the Bucs defense might be a little bit underrated, but again, that's just me saying they're not like absolute dog shit like a lot of people tend to believe. I think this could be a higher scoring game. Jordan Love, definitely, I said this in a video a couple days ago and people disagreed with me. I thought Jordan Love, he had a bad game against the Giants. I thought he looked better than the stats said. Maybe I'm just wrong, but that was my takeaway from that game. So I don't really think... Jordan Love is now magically all aboard the struggle bus, right? I still do think that Jordan Love's going to be fine. I think Jaden Reed has a top 24 game here again, assuming Christian Watson is out, which should be the case. Moving now to the D tier, wide receivers 23 through 25. Now, I know what you might be thinking right now. Nick, you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Why is Jalen Waddle ranked so low? Jalen Waddle is ranked so low because even if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, this season has shown me that I should not trust Jalen Waddle as much. So I can't have him ranked as high. I worry about Tua against the Jets defense. And I worry that the Jets defense could strap up Jalen Waddle. Now, as a Dolphins fan, what I want to happen in this game is to just run a million times. Run, run, run the ball gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream because the Jets defense against the run isn't great. Against the pass, they could throw the, the chains all over Waddle, all over Hill, right? I think Hill's going to play if I'm being honest. But again, it's far from a guarantee. Waddle just feels like he's going to be the wide receiver 20 to 36, right? He's not a guy I'm super excited for, but for most teams, he's probably still in your starting lineup. So Waddle, wide receiver 23, feels fair. I got him ranked two spots above expert consensus rankings, but again, wide receiver 23, 25, they're in the same tier, so not a huge difference to me. At wide receiver 24, actually, before we talk about him, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the whole entire universe for the NFL, and they have a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, right after I explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So we'll be talking about one of the Saturday games here, the Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, and we have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So they have a bunch of games up right now as we get later on into the week. There are going to be more players to choose from. So we're going to go with, in this game, Steelers at Colts lower than 195 and a half passing yards for Trubisky. And we are going to go with higher than 79 and a half receiving yards 
or Michael Pittman. If both of these hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you do $5, you'll get out $15. If you do three picks, then it would be six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times, assuming all the picks hit. If you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code NotoriousFantasy or Notorious or click on the link in the video description, if you are a new user, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100, $50 additional $50, $25 additional $25. The minimum deposit on underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, wide receiver 24, Zay Flowers. Now, Zay Flowers has been on top of the mountain, Kilimanjaro, over the last two weeks, wide receiver 8 and 6. Zay Flowers is one of those guys that is 100% boom or bust any given week, right? There's going to be games where Zay Flowers is top 6, top 8. Then there's going to be games where he's the wide receiver 87, right? He's very up and down, right? There's a lot of turbulence on the metaphorical flight of Zay Flowers, right? It's not this consistent ride. It's this, woo, you know, it's like a fucking roller coaster. The Jaguars matchup is great, as Tony the Tiger would say. But again, we're talking about Zay Flowers, a very inconsistent rookie. Now, if Zay Flowers continues to fly, you know, flourish like a raven here, back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown, I'm willing to give a lot of credit to Zay Flowers, obviously but I'm not ready to just jolt him up the fucking rankings to wide receiver 15 just because of what we've seen over the last two weeks. Now, if he whips off another huge game here against Jacksonville, then it becomes a situation where it's like, okay, now we have to really adjust, right? This is three great games in a row. Wide receiver 24 feels fair based upon his resume on the season. At number 25, we have Calvin Ridley. Now, I have debated about Calvin Ridley in my head, in my head, all day long. I could see ranking Calvin Ridley higher because while he shit the bed last week against Cleveland, four receptions on 13 targets for 53 yards, if you look at the expected points metric, he should have scored 20-plus fantasy points. But now he's going up against another tough matchup in the Baltimore Ravens. But without Christian Kirk, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley are just in for a lot more targets and a lot more safety. So I entered into a scenario in my head where I'm trying to battle what could possibly happen is that Trevor Lawrence might come out and look like shit again, right? He's clearly banged up. He's not as mobile and that's going to hurt him. Now, there's also a chance that he comes out. We all think he's still going to be hurt and he goes out there and slices and dices OJ Simpson style his way through the Baltimore Ravens and we all look foolish. So that's why he's the wide receiver 25, because while there's a lot of negatives, Lawrence might just be fine. Right, And even if Lawrence is just halfway decent in a game that could be one of those higher scoring games, Ridley should be fine. So again, I get why people might be more nervous. I get why more people might want to bury him more down the rankings, but I just can't do it. Now we move to the E tier, wide receivers 26 through 28. At number 26, we got Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Now, the fact is Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback of the Steelers, and that really sucks. For Deontay Johnson. While we like to make fun of Kenny Pickett, and while Kenny Pickett has not been a great quarterback this season, Trubisky is somehow worse, right? And it might be a little bit shocking. I was kind of shocked. I thought Trubisky would be on the same wavelength. No, 
he is worse. And I know if you look at his fantasy output last week, Nick, he was actually pretty good. But watch the fucking game with your two eyes and you realize he sucks ass, okay? So going up against the Colts is a great matchup for Deontay Johnson, who has scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. So if he scores again, which is something that's very unknown for him, I think you're going to be happy with the wide receiver 26 ranking. If he doesn't score, he's probably going to be like the wide receiver 35 through 40. So again, I don't really expect him to just take a deuce over your lineup, but I also don't expect the biggest game ever with Trubisky under center. At number 27, we got Drizzy Drake London going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Now, Drake London last week was amazing, right? This was the best we've seen Drake London look all season. Probably the best he's looked in his very short career. 10 receptions on 11 targets for 172 yards on one of those big catches that he made in that game. It was truly shocking. If you watch on Instagram or Twitter, I think it was on Twitter I saw, probably on Instagram as well. More of a Twitter guy, follow me on Twitter at NotoriousFNTSY. If you enjoyed today's video, hit that subscribe button down below, hit that like button down below. But what I was saying was that what Drake London did when he made that huge catch was Ritter threw a terrible ball. He threw a duck, that shit was wobbling more than some ass at a club, right? He threw the ball. And London looked like he was on defense. He made a move on the Panthers' DBs like he was trying to pick the ball off. So it looks like he picks off Ritter and then just turns the opposite way and runs it for a gazillion yards. Desmond Ritter is holding Drake London captive just like Arthur Smith is. If you gave Drake London a halfway competent quarterback, like if Drake London had, for instance, Kirk Cousins, I would be every single week talking about how Drake London's a top five receiver, top 10 receiver in the NFL because he's that good. But the quarterback's holding him captive. He has two touchdowns on the season. I don't think he's going to score against the Panthers. I think wide receiver 27 feels fair. Again, we can't rank him much higher because we know how this roller coaster ride goes for London. Wide receiver two. 38, or not 38, uh, fucking dyslexia. Is that what it is when you like read it backwards? 83, 283, 29, 52, 43, 31, 6, right? There's the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. So we can't rank him much higher, but I wish he had a real quarterback so that we could. At number 28, we got Tyler Lockett, another guy where you just ride the Lockett Express and it's either going to take you to greatness or take you to fucking four fantasy points. Last week, six of six for 89 against the 49ers. If Geno Smith plays up against the Eagles defense, even better for Lockett. But again, even better isn't a guarantee. There are no guarantees with Tyler Lockett. He could be as high as the wide receiver one or as low as the wide receiver 80. Week one, he was the wide receiver 91. So again, I want you to understand that all of these guys in this East here have a lot of risk. Deontay Johnson's risky because his quarterback sucks. Drake London is risky because his quarterback sucks. Tyler Lockett is risky because he's just always been risky. He's always been that guy that is a firework for your lineup. And I've made this joke before. You might have heard it a million times, but Lockett's a firework like Jason Pierre-Paul, right? There's going to be some times where Jason, you know, there's another universe. Jason Pierre-Paul setting off fireworks. Nothing happens, man. He's got 10 fingers. Then there's our reality where his fingers get fucking blown off, right? So either it's a wonderful 4th of July or a complete and utter unmitigated disaster for Tyler Lockett. And that's what puts him as like the wide receiver 28 every single week. I'm sure if you watch like the last six videos, he's probably ranked anywhere from wide receiver 26 to 32 every single week, regardless of the matchup. Now we move to the F tier wide receivers 29 through 35. At number 29, we got Amari Cooper. I love this matchup against the Chicago Bears. What I don't love is that while I like Joe Flacco, and I think Joe Flacco will have a good game, 
I just don't trust Amari Cooper. He got 14 targets last week, but the week before he had five. Six the week before that. So his target share fluctuates heavily weekly. Joe Flacco also at any given moment could go back to Joe Flacco that we saw last year with the Jets. That did not look like the Joe Flacco that we're used to from Baltimore, right? So Amari Cooper wide receiver 29 feels fine. But again, all of these guys, there's a lot of reasons to be nervous. At number 30, we got Adam Thielen going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, earlier on in the season, Adam Thielen was a must start. You didn't have to think twice about it. He was on top of the charts back in your hearts, right? He was a guy that a lot of people wrote off this season and he was amazing. But recently, wide receiver 29, 51, 118, 21, 35, 42, 24, so not as great, right? And even with the firing of Frank Reich, things haven't gotten much better for Adam Thielen. And that's mainly because Bryce Young just hasn't been great this season. So again, while I love Adam Thielen, and while I would be hard-pressed to rank him a lot lower, we know that we shouldn't be shocked if he's like the wide receiver 80 this week. At number 31, we got Odell Beckham Jr. Now, Odell turned back the clock last week. Four receptions on 10 targets for 97 yards and a score in a victory in a W up against the LA Rams. Let's see if he can do it again. Because last time he had a good game, he followed that up with wide receiver 32. Then he was the wide receiver 20. Then he was the wide receiver 69. Very nice, I like. So let's see. Can he continue the success? Or is it going to continue to be that roller coaster-esque ride? Now, again, up against the Jaguars defense, and again, a matchup that I expect to raise the metaphorical roof to be a high-scoring game, I like Odell. But again, we can't rank him much higher because of what we've seen this season. At number 32, we got Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a guy that reliably gets four to five targets every single week. If he scores a touchdown or busts one off for a big gain, he's going to be fine. If Brandon Cooks gets his normal four to five targets and doesn't score a touchdown, you are going to be disappointed. That is what you need to know when it comes to starting Brandon Cooks. We've seen the great, we've seen the bad, we've seen the fucking ugly. Against the Bills, I think it's to be closer to the great range. But again, when you're only getting four fucking targets, you can't be ranked much higher. At number 33, we got Romeo Dobbs going up against the Bucks Again, without Christian Watson, this should be a solid spot. Now, I get last week, I talked up Romeo Dobbs. He got his seven targets, four reception for 32 yards. Not a great game. He had, I believe, now again, this might be Fugazi. He had a couple of balls thrown his way that I thought he should have caught. That he didn't. So I think Romeo Dobbs kind of played himself out of a better performance on Monday Night Football against the Giants. So I'm not ready to just fully jump back on the Romeo Dobbs bandwagon, right? And bang the drum relentlessly for him. But I'm also not ready to fucking flick this guy away like a cigarette and give up on him. At number 34, we got Noah Brown. Now, Noah Brown is a guy that's been dealing with injuries and he is questionable for week number 15 that we're hitting now. It's so crazy. I don't know why I forgot what week it is, but it's so crazy that's week 15. He's put up two duds in a row. Seven total targets in both games, zero receptions. They don't have Nico Collins. They don't have Tank Dell. Who are they going to throw it to? The answer is right in front of your fucking face. It's Noah Brown. We've seen the huge games out of Brown this season. Back-to-back weeks as a top six receiver from weeks nine to ten. The thing about Noah Brown that worries me is that it feels just a little too obvious to play him, right? It feels like this should be a game where he returns into the top 24. The Titans matchup's good. Really good against the pass. Like, a great matchup for him. I know Tua just struggled, but I think that that's just more on the Dolphins' play calling being bad compared to compared to uh, the, the defense being great. Now, what really, really hampers Noah Brown is the fact that Stroud's not playing with a concussion, and it's going to be Davis Money Mills, the man with the huge neck. So, while I want 
to give the benefit of the doubt to Noah Brown. While I want to just push those last two games out of my mind, and I'm, I'm ready to do that, right? Men in Black style, where they put the thing up to you and it just erases your memory. I'm ready to do that for the last two weeks, right? It's fully out of my mind. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not talking about it. But what I will say, going from Stroud to Mills is like going from a fucking 10 out of 10 model to going to fucking... Like, nah, never mind. You know what? I don't want to be a pervert in this video. But yeah, it's like... Yeah, it really is like that, though. Let's be honest with you. It's like going from some drop-dead gorgeous girl to going to, like, uh, some girl that looks like the female version of me, which wouldn't be uh, the most attractive person on Earth. At number 35, we got Say Jones going up against the Baltimore Ravens at home in Jacksonville. Wide receiver 43 last week, but he's another guy that had a very high expected point total because he had 14 fucking targets but five receptions for 29 yards. The matchup here against Baltimore is far from ideal, but again, you can't really plummet Zay Jones down the rankings because he's probably going to get like 14 targets again. To close things out, we got the G tier. Wide receiver 36, Terry McLaurin. Now, I want to tell you that I wouldn't want to start Terry McLaurin, and I fully believe that. Up against the Rams is a tough spot. The Rams are underrated. Terry McLaurin has been shit for a majority of this season. Definitely let me down. And despite the play of Sam Howell being much above pay grade to what we assumed he would be, it just hasn't been great for Terry McLaurin. Now, again, does Terry McLaurin still a skilled receiver? Of course. But how many times is this guy going to let us down completely, right? Leave us in the water. There's like uh, a life jacket or whatever the fuck that little like circular thing is and i took like boating boating school i'm like spongebob i took boating school when i was in middle school learned how to drive a fucking boat i remember this is funny when you drive or when you drive those boats i guess that's what you would call it i don't know when you're fucking sailing i guess now my grandfather on my mom's side was a great salesman seaman <laughs> he wouldn't have thought that was funny <laughs> but uh yeah what you do is you have to like fucking Again, I haven't done this in like 12, 13 years, maybe longer than that, probably. Yeah, you have to adjust the mast, the sail, and I forgot, and the fucking wind came, and it was on one of these like small boats, I think they're called a Sunny, and I'm like sitting there on the edge, and the fucking sail hit me like a fucking Conor McGregor left hand, and it hit me into the water, and I literally thought I was in like CTE City. This is like when Perfect... It was perfect against AB, right? It was like one of those. I was just in the fucking shadow realm. I don't know why, what that came from, what I was even talking about before, but yeah, McLaurin has been a disaster. That's what it felt like to play McLaurin this year. Just not enough wind in his metaphorical mast. So again, wide receiver 36 feels fine because who, who else are we going to rank above McLaurin, right? Are we going to play Chris Godwin over McLaurin? Probably not. Now, if DeMario Douglas was guaranteed to play, I'd probably have him ranked ahead of him, but we don't know that. Higgins, I don't trust him. Hollywood Brown, I don't trust him. JSN, Curtis Samuel. So you get into like this garbage range. So Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver, 36. But again, not an ideal start. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my Patreon, link in the video description for my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have for $7.50. I love you guys all so much. Make sure you check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys. As always, have a great one. Good boy.